This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, dear radio friends. How in the world are you? Are you doing all right? Oh, I'm fine, thank God. I awoke this morning with these words on my lips. I said them out loud just as I was waking up. Jesus is Lord of all. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad that's true. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And when he's Lord, you make him Lord of your mind so you think the right things and Lord of your interpersonal relationships so that your relation with other human beings is sanctified and Lord of your methods so that you do things from the right motives and Lord of your lifestyle and Lord of your testimony and Lord of all. Oh, what a blessed Christian life you and I have. Don't you agree? People comment sometimes on the fact that I include a chuckle now and again in the things I say. That's just the way I'm built, I guess. But uh, I was greatly encouraged to read that laughter is part of the therapy in uh, a clinic located somewhere in uh, the Southland, uh, St. Joseph's Hospital in Houston, it is. Laughter is part of the, the therapy. And the person who was in charge is quoted as saying, the patients love it and we find they get well faster when humor is included in their overall therapy approach. Isn't that interesting? Well, don't lose your sense of humor. A person who can't laugh at himself is indeed in need. And probably, (laughs) you might say, just a bit sick if you can't laugh at yourself. Well, thank God for, for a smile. Thank God for the ability to chuckle and to laugh and as well to cry when it's time. Paul said, Rejoice with those that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. And it's a wise person who knows which is which. Well, you and I are uh, looking at Psalm 116, and we've come now to uh, the question, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? We had the reasons for loving God. I love the Lord because... The reasons for loving God is answered prayer, God's personal attention, the deliverance that God gives you when you cry out to him, delivered from death, my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from falling, and all of the precious presence of God, uh, step by step, the Lord preserveth the simple, the, I was brought low and he helped me, and then the constant awareness of being at rest in your soul. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. These are some of the reasons for which we love God. Now we turn and say, what shall I render unto the Lord? You would think, wouldn't you, that some great work uh, would be uh, mentioned. You're supposed to do this or do that. Instead, he says in verse 13 of the 116th Psalm, I will take the cup of salvation, and call upon the name of the Lord, I will pay my vows unto the Lord, then he qualifies that now, that's the time frame, in the presence of all his people, that's the relationship that is sustained. And then I'll get ready to die, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. 
and then I'll commit myself to the Lord. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds, and then I'll praise him. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Isn't that something? This is how you react to and how you prove that you appreciate the love of God. You want to think about that now for a while? We may not get through with it in this broadcast, but then if the Lord tarries, there'll be another one, and we can finish it up. Okay, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Now, the key word, there's two key words. One is render, the other is benefit. That is to say, you're not buying God's favor. He gave it freely. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. After the kindness of lo- and love of God our Savior appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, Paul says there in Titus 3.5. It's pretty plain, isn't it? And yet you'd be surprised how many people think that there must be some uh, quid pro quo here in the uh, relationship you sustain with Almighty God. I'll do this so he'll do that. And as a pastor for 18 years, I've made thousands of calls. I've made a thousand calls a year during those years. Three times a day, go tell somebody about Jesus. And during those years, I had so many people say, well, I guess I must not have been doing the right thing because God certainly isn't treating me right now. Or I'm having all these troubles now, so I guess I must not have done the right thing. Nonsense. There is no causal relationship between you and the mercy of God. He is there already. He loves you already. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins, says John. Do you follow that? Don't make the mistake of thinking that you can do something, uh, whatever it may be, and that that will then produce a response from God. So what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? I simply want to say thank you and prove that I am grateful. I learned from Dr. Clyde Naramore many years ago as I heard him lecturing, something that I've uh, retained in my own memory and tried now and then to practice. He says it is the second question that proves whether or not you really care. You meet a person in the hallway at school and you say, hello, Susie, how are you? And she says, not so good. And you say, oh, I'm sorry, and go on. Does that prove you care? No, at all, not at all. But if you stop, turn on your heel, turn around and say, oh, I'm sorry, what seems to be the trouble? Then she can tell you that her mother fell down the cellar stairs and broke her hip and she's in the hospital and they think she's getting pneumonia and she's worried, sick about her mom and so on. You can listen and you can care and you can empathize if you ask the second question, said Dr. Naramore. Similarly, said he, it's the second thank you that proves that you're thankful. He said, somebody gives you a wearing blender for Christmas, and you write the usual thank you note, you know, dear Jim, thank you for your kind Christmas gift. It certainly was thoughtful of you, etc. Happy New Year, Bob. All right, you wrote the thank you note, you did your duty. But come July, a hot July night, uh, the air is still and the atmosphere is muggy, and uh, it's just the right time for an ice-cold lemonade. You think to yourself, well, Mom is out to this meeting, and I'm by myself, and I, I'm just going to make myself a lemonade. And then you think, hey, I wonder if old Jim, who gave me that wearing blender, might be interested in, 
and a glass of lemonade, too. So you call him and say, hey, Jim, what you doing? Oh, he says, I'm home by myself and mad as a wet hen. It's so hot and I can't do anything. And he grumbles a bit. You say, listen, you know, we certainly appreciate that wearing blender you gave us at Christmas. And I'm going to make some uh, some ice cold lemonade uh, with it. And uh, I wonder if you'd enjoy a glass. Oh, man, would I? He says, yeah, I'll be right over. He's there before you can plug in the blender, <laughs> knocking out the door. And so if you put in the, the ice and the sugar and the lemon juice and and add some water, stir it all up, and there it comes out, that frosty, delightful, sparkling drink of ice-cold lemonade made in that blender that he gave you for Christmas. And you sit across the table from him and smile at each other, and you say, oh, Jim, he said, I, I certainly appreciate this blender. It's been such, a, such a, a joy to use it now and again, just like we did tonight. And he smiles, and he says, well, I'm glad you like it, Bob. See? It's the second thank you that proves that you care. It is that spontaneous expression of your heart that says, I really am thankful. Now, that's what the psalmist is getting at here. How do you start that? You start it first. Verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation. Now, the Lord Jesus spoke of the cup which he was to drink. That was the cup of suffering. I'm not sure that this refers to that concept. I think, rather, it has to do with the concept of taking all that God is offering you. When you were a, uh, you were a guest in a home in Bible times, what, one of the things that they did to show you that you were really welcome was to offer you, first of all, the, a, a drink from the, from the cup of whatever liquid they were serving the cup of salvation. You were the honored guest, and they were offering it to you. And God, in his infinite mercy, holds out what the psalmist here calls the cup of salvation. He's saying to you and to me, I do love you, and you are welcome in my heart and in my heavenly home here. And as many as received him, Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. God offers his salvation freely in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our cup of salvation, so to speak. Well then, suppose you're already a Christian. Does this not apply to you? Oh, yes. Because every day you and I need to come to the cross and reaffirm our faith in that wonderful Savior who lived his perfect life and died that perfect atoning death for you and for me and who rose again to be our living uh, Savior interceding for us. The cup of salvation every day becomes a precious imbibing, so to speak, of all that God has for you through his blessed indwelling Holy Spirit and through the inspired inerrant word of God, the Bible. Take the cup of salvation means drink deeply of God's goodness. Receive freely of God's mercy. Open your heart wide to God's presence and yield your will to God's concerns. The cup of salvation is the first step in showing God that you really are thankful. Do you understand that? This is not getting saved all over again. That's not necessary. When you have given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are God's child. But there is a sense in which every day you open your heart wide to the blessed indwelling Spirit of God who can fill your life with all of the reality of Jesus Christ. The job of the Holy Spirit, so far as you on earth is concerned, is to represent and to reveal the Lord Jesus in your life and through your life. 
And every day you can open your heart and mind to God. Bring every thought, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, every thought, bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I will take the cup. Today, beloved, drink deep of God's cup of salvation. Enjoy all over again the thrill of being a child of God, born from above, an, an inheritor of all of the greatness and goodness and riches of God, joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything he is and has is yours by faith. Enjoy it. Open up. Let him fill your life if you want to prove that you really love God. Well, we go on with this the next time we get together. Dear Father, today I pray that we may show our love to thee by opening our lives wide to thy mercy and thy love. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.